and welcome to Tokyo Inklings. My name is CY. You can find me on my website at tokyostationpens.com, my Instagram at tokyostationpens, as well as my Twitter at tokyostationmnh. My name is Jacob, and I'm Foodafan on Instagram and on Twitter, and have a blog at foodafan.com. Hello, my name is Cray, and you can find me on Instagram at miraikat. And I'm Elisa, and you can find me on Inky Rocks on Instagram and YouTube. So this is episode 19. I'm uh, quite surprised we got here, to be honest, but I uh, hope we can uh, keep it strong. And thank you, everybody, for joining once again. Uh, this is actually um, kind of been a long time in the making. We haven't kind of really been able to meet and, and speak uh, in, in at least a month, I think, because last time we were at uh, Tokyo International Pen Show, it was kind of everything was... Uh, in a hurry so yeah. we didn't really actually like talk to each other right. uh during the show or even after it. so i'm really happy to to be able to speak to everybody and especially now Kwe is uh, out of quarantine she just yes. came back from switzerland so we've uh i've got most of the people back together um so that's been really really nice but while we were away from uh from speaking with each other there's been a lot of developments in the uh especially i think in the japanese pen scene which we'll get to yes. later on but um, before that, please let me read a review. I know Jacob hates it when I read reviews. <laughs> He's really worried that people are going to give us bad reviews. And I have to say, there's only been one that's been really um, negative. And then somebody gave us a three-star review, but I don't really understand uh, because they didn't uh, they didn't write anything. But let me um, let me read a review. Okay. So uh, this review is by J. Jacob. It's cool. Fountain Pen Fun. Uh, always look forward to it every other week. That's it. That's the review. Okay. So thank you, Jay. Jacob is cool. Uh, we really, really appreciate your review. Um, maybe I'll read another one because that one was so short. Um, Padachan. Padachan writes, five stars, excellent updates on the Japan fountain pen scene. It's nice to get updates on the Japanese fountain pen scene from folks who live there. Always fun to listen. Thank you very much, Patachan. Uh, we really appreciate it, everybody um, here. And, you know, we, we enjoy talking about this stuff, even just among us. We have a active chat group, maybe sometimes too active. <laughs> but, yeah, um, we hope to bring you more information. Yeah. So thank you very much. You can also support the show by writing a review for us uh, and uh, putting it up on Apple Podcasts. That really helps us, really helps us with the algorithms and helps other people discover our content. So we really appreciate it. If you do. So now that we've got that out of the way, any interesting acquisitions maybe from the pen show or, or elsewhere? I know I've got a lot of stuff. <laughs> you got us a lot of stuff. I got you a lot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so why don't you um, talk about yours first? Okay. So you got me the um, Twinkle Stardust from mm-hmm. Bungo Box. Yeah. Uh, with the Zoom nib, but uh, green to um, letter. Yeah, I grant it to a lettering nib. Lettering nib, yeah. So it's very fun to play with. And um, Have you been enjoying it? Yeah, a lot. <laughs> I have to put some picture on, on Instagram, but I, I test it a lot. And it's a very nice, yeah, very nice nib and very funny to make a Christmas card, for example. Awesome, and the, awesome. The pen is really gorgeous. The, the, like I can, oh, it's a very nice uh, dark. Uh, duck blue, petrol blue a bit, yeah. and, uh, with sparkle and um, very nice. Uh, the nib is engraved with the little stars, so feel like really Christmassy. Yeah, I really enjoy it. 
That's right, because Christmas in Japan starts on November 1st. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Just after Halloween. Yes. <laughs> I have a question. What's a lettering nib? So uh, a lettering nib is what Pelican used to uh, make. Um, it's their monoline nib. So it's basically got this huge tipping with a side chopped off. So it creates a, well, creates a monoline, I guess. Oh, so it's like for monoline lettering. Exactly. Oh, okay. Exactly. So like a lettering nib. <laughs> yeah, so uh, so you've got it there. I'm sure. You, uh, is it okay for of her course, to try it out? Um, but uh, the difference with the monoline, I guess, they doesn't have this round shape, right? Well, it's not bent upwards. Yeah. Exactly. Yes, yeah. yeah, so we talked about monoline lettering a while back, right? And you were experimenting with us. What did you call it? The first? Uh, I called my first one the Mikazuki, which right. is uh, bent upwards right. in a disc shape. So that's like a classic monoline um, dip nib shape. Right. And then in, in the same context, we talked about the, the photos that Fountain Pen memes sent on this. Yes, old that's the. Telecom. Yes, and, exactly. And what you're showing here is exactly that. Exactly, exactly. Well, that kind of inspired me right, to, right. to do this. Um, so that's that. Uh, Jacob, what, what's new? Well, I've been doing a lot of catch and release, so most of what I bought is no longer in my possession. But I've been into sort of finer nibs, and the most extreme of them has been the um, Platinum's UEF, UEF nib. So as usual, I went to Mercury and I got one for a fantastic price, but the pen was in terrible shape, so I threw away everything but the nib. Excellent, and as we do. As we always do, and I put the nib on a Moonman. Which I thought was a great idea, but the problem is that the Moonman's feed is just too wet. Yeah. So the ultra extra fine becomes sort of fine, almost medium fineish. So um, it was an interesting experiment, but uh, I may need to find another pen for, for it, another pen for this nib. Well, I've got something interesting for you because I found this Chinese um, Natami. Ah, Natami, yes, with a Japanese sounding name. Yes, and they're basically um, platinum. Yes. Uh, copies. Except with nicer colors. Yes, with nicer colors. <laughs> and I, I found that uh, they even have the, um, the slip and seal. So uh, you can have this to play with, see if you can fit that nib in there. It's a Natami. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so what did you, uh, what did you get? I had to look it up because I don't remember names when I buy them. I got the um, Kawasaki. Ah, yes, 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 yes. And it's got a soft, medium, fudenib by Nagahara. And it's, I don't like fudenibs, but I love this. Yeah? It, yeah, yeah. It's really, that extra bounce in there makes a difference, I think, probably for fudenib or Yeah, so what do you use it for? Um, I actually, it, it's on my video, because that's the part that I did film, is um, like if you wanted to write like notes, and then you wanted to like underline or bold something. If you press harder, it just gets bigger. Right, so right. you don't have to like flip the pen up and down or whatever. So you can write normal and then like bold underline it or square around it. Mm -hmm. Put big dots next to it. Yeah. Or whatever. So I think it's a note taking pen. Yeah, and that's one of the ones in the secret stash. Yeah. Uh, the secret stash. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's interesting. So because I think we talked about. Uh, on the tips episode about how they did a food on the SM nib, I think, and that it was just, it didn't seem to make sense, but it was just sort of a bragging right. But but thinking more about that, a food nib is sort of meant to be like a brush-like, right? It doesn't actually make sense to make it 
software. So maybe this is actually a good idea because we talked about this uh, Taiwanese company. I can remember three nine five two one Artec, whatever they have the yeah. titanium for the news, right? Probably the same idea to make yeah. it softer, right? So maybe this is actually a good idea. And I have found that my um, Pelican with my food nib, which, uh, which is a really, really hard nib, uh, the Pelican M800, versus my Sailor 21Ks, actually the Sailor 21Ks with a little bit of softness mm. uh, is actually um, a lot more pleasant to well, write with. You can like, you, know, you can make a bolder line because you put it on the flatter, a flat yeah. line, right? But then if you press harder, it makes an even bigger, thicker line. So you can also do like a thick line to a thin line all in one without moving yeah, yeah. the angle of the nib because you just let up on the pressure. Mm. So it's kind of a weird flex nib going sideways instead mm. of up or down. Yeah. So I'm enjoying that. Well, um, on my side, I've got a bunch of interesting things going on. First, I want to talk about this uh, Kumiai pen that I, that I got uh, a few weeks ago. So this... I don't really know too much about this brand, but it's one of the plethora of random Japanese uh, brands that appeared uh, either pre-war or immediately post-war. So it's got this kind of pretty celluloid uh, body here. And what I really love about it is that it's got these little um, sakura motifs all over the body. So on the clip, there's a sakura, and on the body right next to Kumiai, there's a sakura as well. And for now, I've stuck a pilot nib in there um, because it came with, uh, with a steel nib. Uh, and I, I'll probably plate this uh, pilot nib into the correct, um, the correct uh, shape. So it's an uh, inkidome, so you probably need to um, undo the back before it starts writing. But so far, I've filled it with pilot um, Iroshizuku Momichi. So you know, I think it's quite an apt ink for this uh, for this pen. I'll try to yeah, pump it up. Would you say this is the original color, or do you think this was like a bright red and white koi pattern? I'm not sure. It might have been brighter. It might mm -hmm. have been brighter. Uh, honestly, I, I can't really say too much. This is really the first time I've come across this brand, but it, it is an interesting and cute pen. And I've also received some pens that I had stuck in the U.S. So I, I bought some pens uh, in the U.S. at the beginning of the year because I was supposed to, uh, well, I was expecting to see my mother who, who lives in the U.S. She was supposed to come to Japan in April, and we all know how that went. So, so I've kind of just been buying and sending stuff to her address. And finally, she, uh, she was in Taiwan just a few weeks ago. She managed to send me a kind of care package with all of the stuff that I had bought. And I've accumulated apparently a lot of stuff uh, from her. So one of the interesting things that I got was this uh, 146 Diamond. Uh, and they've, they've, uh, they released these pens a few years ago, I want to say about 10 years-ish ago, um, where they've embedded a real diamond cut in the shape of, uh, of the snow cap. Uh, inside the pen, which I think is really, really interesting. And these are more common in 145s, so those are converter pens. But I got this, uh, you know, at a really nice price from a, uh, from a member of the Pen Addict Slack community. And that was uh, really, really nice. And uh, yeah, and I really, I really like it. On top of that, I also got some vintage Mont Blanc. So I think I'm becoming a Mont Blanc uh, 
collector. You're becoming <laughs> a Mogdar collector. Um, it's, it's, I, a, it's a new thing you're saying. Yeah, I have 10 <laughs> nibs. So I've got now this um, one three six. I've swapped the nib around, and it has a oblique uh, italic nib. So the one three six is a flat top with a tie clip. And then I've got the one four six as well, also um, celluloid. And this is this has got a 80s, um, I, I think this would have been a medium nib, um, an 80s monotone medium nib, which I've plated. So those little telescopic babies are interesting as well. Um, outside of that, though, I want to talk a bit about this pen case that I got. This is actually part of my Taiwan haul. So I bought this from, I think, The Spirit, and this is a 20 pen uh, pen case. One. Yeah, it's really nice because it's like um, it's kind of like a clutch. You can hold it as a clutch, or you can hold it as a briefcase. Mm -hmm. And it's got this you know plushy interior, and it's just very convenient. I I, I can take this around um, every day, and it's it's not really intrusive. It also kind of slips into my bag without um, without being just a lump of space. So I I really like that. But other than that, I got um some. You know auroras here and there, but there, there's really too much to to talk about um, with everything that I got. So I won't bore everybody with the contents. All of these things. Most of them are. But something I, I do want to talk about is this um, this pilot pen that I bought off of Medicari, uh recently. So pilot. Last year, I believe, was their 100th anniversary. Mm -hmm. it was last year? Yeah, it was last year. Um, no, 2018. 2018. Yeah, 2018 was their 100th mm -hmm. anniversary. And um, everybody was speculating, oh, what's Pilot going to do for their 100-year anniversary? Because, you know, 100 years, that's, that's no laughing matter, right? Like, none of us are 100 yet. So everyone's like, oh, what's Pilot going to do? What's Pilot going to do? Um, and what they ended up doing, wait, what people wanted them to do was to create a um, kind of colorful line of special products, uh, maybe priced around the, you know, 74, maybe the 742 price range. Um, and people wanted to, to buy those. Yeah. What they actually did was they released a bunch of Urushi pens, yeah. uh, which are like seven dollars $800 each. Mm -hmm. And then they released a line of what I would consider um, rainbow. less than spectacular inks. Yeah. Yeah. Rainbow, a rainbow like, collection, but they have nothing interesting. interesting yet. And then you had around the same time, I'm not sure, sure if it was really anniversary models, but you had the new Pilot Custom NS, which I don't see anywhere else. It didn't seem very popular. Yes, and that's a steel nib, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, I managed to discover that Pilot actually made a vanishing point for their shareholders, and uh, and I bought one and sold one um, a few few months ago. They had also, I think, um, some Kakanos, which were which were special. Yeah. But this pen that I got in today is the um, Pilot 100th Anniversary Custom 74. Now, there's several distinct things about this. The first thing is that you'll notice on the cap band that it's filled in 
it's a black enamel filled in. So the black enameling usually starts at the um, XX3 model. So you have it on the 823, but you won't have it on the 742. <laughs> now Jacob is badly, <laughs> frantically checking his, uh, his pilots. <laughs> yeah, take it from me, I've bought a lot of pilots. Sure. Um, so this one has the enameling, which, is, uh, which kind of signifies a higher price point. Um, secondly, it's this nice uh, demo blue color. I, I, I don't even know if this can be qualified blue. It's like this bluish purple color. Yeah, gray, blue, blue, gray. Blue, gray. Cap looks more gray. Yeah. Yeah. And then on the nib, it, I think they only came in M nibs. And it's uh, it says Pilot 100th M. And this is honestly just stunning. This was made... Um, Inquisitive Quill says it was made for corporate events. So I've also read that um, these were given only to stores and they were not available commercially. Mm. And this is what everybody wanted for their 100th anniversary. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, and they made the pens. They just didn't release it out into the wild. Yeah, yeah. But you're shaking your head. Uh, let us know. <laughs> Let us know how you feel about this. Let, let Pilot know. I'm sure they're listening. The thing is, it was a very bad move in the marketing. Because <laughs> the, the collection, the Uruchi collection is really nice, but no one can afford it. So mm. If you afford it, you will keep it in the box in a showroom or you won't use this pen. I don't know. Like It's, it's like an artwork, but it's not everyday pen. So, yeah, I think they made uh, someone someone get fired, maybe, for that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's a uh, everyday pen, very very chic, very very classy. Yeah. And uh, and the nib is very nice too with the one hundred. Yeah, shame on them. <laughs> well, so what do you think? Uh, I think that's so very pilot though. I mean, if you yeah. look at it, Sailor and Platinum are doing all kinds of weird things and in special editions and different colors and I mean, look how many things you can do with a silly pro gear. Know? Yeah, and then for them to bypass this opportunity, uh, just pretty much well, kind of like your pen, isn't it? Black and gold. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but this this reminds me still of platinum because there was a similar story about platinum, right? On, on their hundred years anniversary, they did this mm. very expensive the platinum platinum the platinum platinum the two versions of it, yeah, right? Very expensive. Uh, but then we discovered. Um, Recently, yes, like one or two weeks ago, that on Mercury, as usual, that there was a regular 3776 with a special 100th anniversary nib. Ah, uh, yes. With, a, with even the a serial, serial number. number on the nib, mm -hmm. right? And it turns out that one actually was available. I found it on like, Rock 10 or Yodabashi, but they are almost unheard of. Like, yeah. We didn't know about it, and I don't think it was ever sold outside Japan. Yeah. It's just not a very well-known model. Um, but yeah, they did something similar, uh, except that here's, this pilot is more interesting because they did something unusual with the barrel. It's a new yeah. barrel color, right? Yeah. And I mean, I think it's interesting that these kind of pop up after one or two years. Mm. It's like people receive these gifts and they're like, mm, I shouldn't sell it immediately on Minikani because, <laughs> yeah. you know, people know, especially if you have a serial number, right? Um, but yeah. And we saw two of these um, these uh, platinum yeah. nibs, and those nibs actually look gorgeous. They do. Yeah. They don't have the, the hashtag, right? Yes. Because, <laughs> you know what? I think the serial number is 
a bit like out of place. Yeah, because it's laser engraved, right? And the rest is the uh, it's stamped. stamped. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, it would have been better without the serial number, or maybe just the serial number on the uh, on the pen body or cap, as um, usual, right? So that I think, is kind of an interesting move, though, having a serial. Yeah, but they, they must have had to like engrave each one of them. Imagine. I, I just don't understand why they do this. It's just like, uh, yeah. Just make a pretty color. <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah, but I, I thought this was uh, interesting and might do a blog post about this. So, anything else we want to talk about in terms of acquisitions? If not, um, maybe we want to move to some news. There's been some news, and I think. One particular one yeah. will be interesting to you, Alyssa, because I know you've been very much into glass pens. Um, yeah, but I mean, it's got its proper place. It's a lot of fountain pens. We yeah. have some dra drama in glass pen land. Yes. So, do you are you aware of this uh, glass pen drama? Other than not other than what you sent out. Yeah, so um, to to summarize for our listeners what this glass pen drama is, is that uh, we've talked about this Inkanuma phenomenon for mm. several months. Yeah. I think it, really from the beginning of this year, how we talked about you know, a lot of people who are starting to buy glass pens also because they want to try out a lot of the inks. Yeah. And it's easy to clean the glass yeah. pen. Um, it's easy to switch inks. Uh, so would you say that you're one of these people that, you know, you, you know, glass pens, obviously, they're pretty, but they also are useful because you can swap out these inks. And you can also try inks that aren't necessarily good for fountain pens, such as those with like metal dust or... Right, right. But then you, you, know, you have some problem with metal dust. So, uh, can you tell us a bit about these issues? Have you encountered any? Yeah. I mean, there's um, any straightforward ink, I've never had any problem with some, some glitter inks and some, you know, the metal powder ones. Sometimes you've got to rotate them to get it on a good spot. It's not... It's not um, a fountain pen, mm -hmm. but um, it does have the advantage that you can rotate it. And you can usually get it to. But yeah, yeah, I've had you know some of the weird. I mean, I just do a lot of really weird inks. So you know, some of the weirder inks that got globs in them, believe it or not. So is the main issue about getting the ink to flow? Properly on the, on the paper. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because that has been to many people one of the selling points. Right? Not just the fact that you can easily clean them and try another ink, but the fact that you can use inks that uh, are normally clog up a fountain pen feed. Mm. But now there are discussions that suggest that that's not always the case. Yeah. So I think this discussion started from a glass pen manufacturer called Sase. Yes. Um, which I've bought from before, but they never delivered on my order, so shame on them. But Sase um, came out with this tweet yes. uh, that was very annoying. And it's easy to imagine, like, who's writing these tweets, these, like, Oyajis, who are like, you know, get off my lawn, Oyajis, right? And it, it wasn't very diplomatic because they used, I can't remember the exact wording, but it was quite, you could tell that they were not happy about the, the current situation, and although they didn't, they didn't spell out tone and limbs. It seemed directed. That was yes. my interpretation. It seemed directed at tone and limbs. Yeah. So what happened was that I think Nikkei wrote an article about inks and glass pens, mm. uh, etc. 
and so, you know, while Sase, I think they're like a very old company based mm. in Asakusa, and they probably don't read like you know the Instagram mm. as, as we do, but they they read Nikkei, and Nikkei came out with an article, and so the tweet says um, the types of inks that you can use with glass pens are water-based, uh, water-soluble fountain pen inks, and traditional sumi inks. Yeah. And what you cannot use with glass pens are inks with glitter, um, inks that are pigmented, we do not recommend. Mm. Um, and they say uh, people who make inks for glass pens that include uh, pigments and shimmer or glitter are people who do not understand glass pens. It was that sentence and the way it was written that was particularly interesting. Okay. Yes. So, um, I I just want to see how everybody feels about this uh, this statement because it's it seems to go against how the trend in Japan is towards at least glass pens. Well, it definitely, I'm sure it was aimed at tunnel limbs, and that, I'm, I'm not trying to go to bat for them, but one of the things I do like about them is that they're just hanging it out there, and they try some really weird stuff. When you try some really weird stuff, some of them are going to be home runs, and some of them are going to be not, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I've had some inks, particularly some of the inks that are dye, they're dye-based inks with fine pigment and bigger pieces of pigment, which makes a very matte flat, which is very useful with, say, like a, um, a golden nib or even like a, a paintbrush. And they'll mm-hmm. hang up, but you just kind of rotate and you fiddle with it. You know, I've got some sitting in a platinum preppy right now that I'm pretty sure I'm going to have to get a you know, hammer to get that out. I mean, so it's definitely not for found pens. And mm-hmm. even with glass pens, it may be kind of weird, but you kind of go in knowing that. Mm-hmm. But the same, and then I have had problems with some glitter inks on found pens, but again, you just rotate the nib or you just mess with it a little bit and you, it kind of comes with that. I think it depends on. The fineness, of the yeah. You know, some of it's really fine, and I tend to find that tonal limbs does have really fine glitter. But um, I don't know. I think they're just taking a hack out there. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. Uh, I'm not. I just. I'd rather be in a world where someone's pushing it and then go, not. yeah, this is not going to work, or this, or this has a little bit yeah. of a problem. But yeah. How do you feel about? Because you're a, another Inknuma. <laughs> like. <laughs> It's fun because I, 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 I knew like Sase pen, I knew their things really like traditional uh, glass pen you, yeah. you get in school in Japan or something like that. And I like their vintage um, yeah. aesthetic. aesthetic. And maybe it's a good advertisement for them too because I think this uh, like uh, open a conversation, a dialogue with the and maybe for some of the new user, they don't know about this brand anymore. Like mm. the the people who follow the new glass artists on Instagram who are more active, they do like artwork of a colorful or, or kawaii um, glass yeah. pen with the ducks on, at the end. You know, like uh, something really, really like um, accessories. And and maybe for Sase's kind of to get in the market again. So I think it's quite smart, even it's provocative. Because then people will say, "Oh, who are this guy who just <laughs> get in this gray, uh, like, like 
even uh, say yeah um they know that people won't won't be won't agree with them because everyone's love Tono and Lim like everyone's going to Ignuma mm. uh, or, or this fair like go for the new limited edition we are talking about Kobe pen uh, fair and mm. there is really five uh, inks and everyone's like we know we all have enough inks but we say oh there's some new oh they have uh, three shades of gathering inside you don't really care if it would destroy your pen or not you just want to play <laughs> with it so maybe it's good I think it's good. but i don't think it was i could be wrong i don't think it was meant at least mm -hmm. that the publicity stunt i think this i think this tweet shows a real frustration yeah, yeah. on their part and maybe customers have asked them you know why do i have this problem right so, yeah yeah i think it was just frustration on their end it's interesting to me that this has really struck a nerve. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, they, yes. they got almost 200 like retweets of this, um, you know, 327 likes as I read this. And it's really struck a nerve. It's particularly funny to me that you can see this is a splinter between the mm. old Oyaji, you know, Black Pen Society. And because um we got Gary actually. Gary um apparently also feels kind of passionate about this. Mm. He's an ink maker uh who, who dabbles in Iron Gull and uh he came out with some tweets saying, Yeah, you know, uh people who are selling glass pens to, um, you know, try all these crazy inks, you know, they, they should be careful about their wording because, mm. it, it, you know, it's misleading. Mm. Um, and I don't think he's as extreme as Sase, but I, I think there's clearly a nerve um, yeah. that was hit there. So I found a tweet by um, uh, this guy called Inoue Tomohiro, and he actually tried. He did some experiments. And he did his illustration, right? Yes. They did all these illustrations where he tried out um, glass pens and different types of inks um, to see whether the ink would go into the um, the yeah. the the kind of um, kind of yeah grooves of the pen, and you can clearly see actually from the videos mm -hmm. that. It's much better with water-based inks mm. than with uh, than with pigmented inks, for mm, example. So obviously, it's not just uh, it's not just you know Tony Lim's Kakimori's inks mm. are also uh, very very popular among the Numas. Mm -hmm. And I mean, if you look at this video, yeah, right, watch that, yeah. But this, I don't think that's really um, that's not indicative of how it writes. That's uh, indicative of how it goes up the nib. That's not indicative yeah. of how you write down with the nib. Yeah. So I think that's misleading. I mean, it's definitely not how you put ink on. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't write to have the ink sucked back up the mm -hmm. grooves. I write to have it go down the grooves. So that's one of those things when you're proving a point, and the point isn't what you're talking about. Yeah. I, I think that for sure there's um this kind of you know, they want to be right kind of attitude because you, you would usually just, you know, dip the ink. You dip the nib into the ink fully, right? So it would be fully submerged. So this issue that they're talking about wouldn't be as big of an issue as they claim. Possibly, yeah. Yeah. I just, you know, I mean, I totally think that Gary probably strikes the right tone in that 
there are going to be some weird inks that aren't going to work with your glass pen. They're probably not going to work with many things, you know. Mm. And um, But that's just kind of like if you're going to buy an ink with metal filings in it, you, you know, use your brain. It's, don't put it in your fountain. I mean, your, your fountain pen. Mm-hmm. And, and you may have some problems with it because it's got metal filings in it. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's just a. That's the name of the game. Yeah. So, but yeah, perhaps maybe it ought to be, you know, this, this ink is mm-hmm. very unusual or something, but maybe striking a tone like that. But yeah. I don't know. I've gotten some, you know, regular inks that I put in my fountain pens that don't work very well. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, some of these really thin, thin inks that are just super dry. Like we were just talking mm-hmm. about, you can put ink in a, a eyedropper, turn it upside down, and hold it, and no and ink it will come, come out. out. Yeah. You don't have to worry about it dripping mm-hmm. on, your ta- on your table because it just gets stuck up in there from the surface. So yeah. Should they put a warning on that, that this ink will not work on some eyedropper mm-hmm. pens? You know? Yeah. So, yeah. I think the, for me, what is the most... Uh, curious is how this puts certain retailers who straddle both the ink numas and the and the kind of old you know black friend society people and the one that uh i think is most indicative of this is uh is tomoko's Likto because right. she's in partnership kind of right with with uh yeah. with morisan yeah. Yeah. and morisan is like the face of black friend society right what are you calling it, the black pen society? Yeah, I can say. <laughs> are you a full-fledged member, Jacob? <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like Morrison has sort of left that because he's realizing that he can sell a lot of uh, shimmering yeah. inks. But, but yeah, he, at least up until recently, he was clearly in that camp. And, I mean, Tomoko clearly has a lot of connections yeah. with uh, the old kind of crowd, while her main audience in terms of sales is the ink numa. So she she put out a tweet on this as well, doing some experience where she was kind of very diplomatic about it. Um, yeah, she did this test that she 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 tried to clean the pens right with and without like pen flush and so on. Yeah, and I think her conclusion was that with um, pigment inks, mm. it's still harder to clean the the pens, oh, and um, you know they don't come out, so you have to use like a toothbrush to kind of really get all the ink out. So it was kind of a non-answer to this whole thing, but I think it, it's um, it's kind of indicative how there's now a bit of a split mm. between the Ink Numa crowd and the Black Pen Society crowd, whereas previously the split was mostly in their purchase, uh, their consumer behavior, but now it's much more visible uh, with, this, uh, with this tweet coming out from Sase of all people. So that was uh, the glass pen drama <laughs> that we had. Um, I want to spend some time actually also uh, to talk about Eboya because we didn't talk too much about Eboya uh, last time, but they came out with two new models. Yes. One of the new models was uh, we already knew about previously from Instagram. Um, the, which, the, the Plumix. Yes, the Plumix model. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other model was their new eyedropper model. Yes. So, Jacob, I know you love um, Eboya, and you've spoken with Indosan um, several times. You own right. uh, how many Eboyas? Two? I own two of them. Yeah, yeah. you own two Eboyas. Um, talk to me about Eboya. Well, well so, so, so first of all, I completely forgot 
to talk to him and, and visit their table during tips, which I, I regret now. We just didn't have that much time. But, but the background here is that uh, up until a few years ago, Eboya sold these pens with the Japanese-style Inkidome eyedroppers, and they had custom feeds and so on. And then the guy who made those, Kanesaki-san, he left. And since then, they have sold just simple cartridge converter pens with, with, with Jobo and Indians. And there's been this, they have been teasing, you know, the return of the Inkidome eyedropper. Right. And, and we asked them a few times even last year during... Um, uh, Nagahara's visit to Boombox, right? And then um, Endo-san was outside of Boombox and you asked him about the Inkidome. Yeah, we, we asked him several times and, and Endo-san has said that yeah, we, we have some prototypes. It's going to be most likely the, 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 the bamboo yeah. model first and it's coming soon, maybe even this year. That was actually last year. Um, so That was last year in April. Yeah. <laughs> so to me, this new model called Yuzen, I think. Yeah, Yuzen. The, the biggest disappointment is what this model is. It's not a Japanese-style eyedropper that many people have been hoping for. It's it's just a, a normal eyedropper where you're just pouring into the barrel and there's no shut-up valve. And I have to say that you could do this with the existing models Absolutely. of Eboya already. Yeah. So the difference is that the section, right, there's threading that goes into the barrel. So there's the threading, and then there's an extra tube of mm. ebonite there, yes. which is a bit longer than the regular um, section, and that's it. And it's quite expensive, so, so, I, so I'm not sure if you even can use uh, converters. Converters, converters. So it wasn't clear to me, but, but it's just a number five size nib, but, and it's still 40,000 yen, I believe. Yeah. Um, Either of you Eboya fans? Do I have what? Are you Eboya fans? Yeah, I have two of them myself. Yeah. And, um, I love their pens, but if they wanted to do anything that would really make me happy, it's just have a nice feed. Yeah, that would make me happy because yeah. I like all their pens. And as far as the, whether or not it's a Japanese style inky, I mean, those are niceties. But, mm -hmm. but that actually goes together because we may have talked about that before, but Endosan has told me that they have. Not newly made, but they have yeah. from the Kanesaki area, they have these ebonite feeds. The idea was to put them together with the Put them together with the Inkidomas, right? So, so they're, they're, whole, they're waiting to sell them until they have the Inkidoma eyedropper. So I think this one does not have ebonite feeds because uh, it's not an Inkidoma eyedropper. That I would be in line for. Mm. And a Japanese style Inkidoma with ebonite right. feed, yeah, I'd be, I'd be for that. Yeah. For me, what confuses me is why they basically released pens that they already had mm. with with like a little bit longer section like mm. which you cannot even see and then you know like and that just confuses me because it's, it's not new it's 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 something that we could do before and you know my worry is what this means for the economic plan this just means is this still coming or have they given up yeah, because they kind of wasted their time on this, right? Because they knew what everybody wanted. Everybody wanted Ebonite feeds. Everybody wanted Inkidome, mm. right? Because, you know, I can buy a, a Prepri and I drop it out. Mm. So, like, they, for me, it's just super annoying how they just wasted everybody's time. Like, we're going to have an eyedrop model, eyedrop model, and they came out with this. It, it's just a bit um, disappointing. Mm. But 
maybe maybe it's the COVID thing. You know, I don't know. Maybe, but they're you know they're up in Arakawa. Arakawa, their shop is actually quite remote. I've been there a few times. Um, it could be because of the COVID thing, but they were saying that they were making this from last year in in April. But I mean, your audience, like, if you're going to come up with a, a pen that everybody loves, you want it to be a big, a big. And if you don't have a lot of people going, you know, to the pen show or to your show or to your store itself, maybe you know you want it to where it'll be a huge success if you're going to do something. Like that. That's but, interesting. You know. But I don't think the Arakawa shop is. is brings them much business. I think they're selling a lot online. I think they're, they're shipping a lot to you, like Sakura, Fountain Pen Gallery, and so on. Uh, yeah, other events, that may be true, but I think the Arakawa shop, that's just sort of a fun thing. I think that, um, I think that you actually raise a very interesting point. Um, my counter-argument would be that they should just not have released anything. Because this is kind of in a way, it's kind of insulting to your customers. It, 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 it's not that, like, you know, I'm not unhappy with them. It's just, why? It, it's, it, nobody asks for this. So that's the, the main issue. Um, but then their Plumix model. Jacob, you said you found it interesting, right? I, I think it looks funny. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't get it myself. Uh, it's a fun pen. I, I've heard a lot of people saying good things about it, that they're interested in it. Is it $400 good? <laughs> it, it, not for me, but maybe for someone else. It was sold out, right? Yeah, I think the Plumix pen got a, a large reception, actually, mm. from, from the Japanese crowd. Yeah. It's just beautiful ebonite, and it's just hard to resist beautiful ebonite, you know? And, and that's what we like about EBOS, right? I mean, the craftsmanship is yeah. just perfect, perfect impeccable, yeah. and, and the ebonites, I mean, I, I don't know anyone who makes ebonites. That's that, shiny. Yes, yeah. shiny, right? And, and the, the colors there. Beautiful pants, yeah. very well made. All right, so uh, moving on from EBOS, have you all seen the new Shikyoris? The what? The new Shikyori pens from Sailor. Do I hear temptation in your voice? <laughs> no, only because I'm broke from tips. But, <laughs> but yeah, I can see that I like that that they are still being innovative, and this matte finish is you know, another new thing. You know, with pilot, the, pilot, yeah. attention. <laughs> and also with the clear finials. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. These pens, I think, are very nice. Um, my question mark mm. is the price. But Sailor's pricing is increasingly yeah. confusing. So yeah. I think the new, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I think the new Skioris are more expensive than... Uh, the Profit 21. Yeah, but both more expensive than I think like Earth and Ocean, but not Sky. It's just like, mm-hmm. w- w- why? Yeah. And and we're going to talk about an update from right. you later from Sailor, but I agree. I mean, this pen is thirty thousand Japanese yen. That's, mm. I mean, it's more expensive than some full size models. Mm. Um, and it's a pro gear slim, right? It's a pro gear slim. They chose to do it with a twenty one k. It's a slim. I didn't realize. It's a slim, yeah. The, usually the Shikiori Shikiori's are slim. Yeah. I think it's like quite, oh, it's like really double the price. Yeah. But the 21 karat nib is the, yes. the, the, the kicker there. It's right? 21k nib, small size, but it's bicolor. Mm. Um, and it's it's confusing to me 
because the old securities, they're like a hundred dollars. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, if you're gonna double the price, a triple. I am. Yeah. It's. So, but the old securities are they fourteen or twenty one? They're fourteen. Yeah. Honestly, I can't tell the difference. <laughs> I mean, of course, you know, twenty one. It looks nice, but I don't know. The the profit twenty ones are are full size twenty one characters. I guess they're not bi colored, but still, it, it's it's quite a hefty uh price increase. They are very. They're beautiful. They're, I, I really yeah, like them. They are. Yeah, I like the color combinations. Yeah, it, it reminds uh, some of the um, cocktail collection, you know. Yeah. This. Uh, mm. Then I think it's more expensive than Kuda Azur. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Then moving on to, uh, you know, as we talk about sailor and price increases, mm. has everybody seen the new luminous shadow? Okay. Uh, Dick, why don't you tell us about this luminous shadow? Right. So this is um, well, you found this from some Chinese uh, Weibo or whatever it was. Uh, so I, I I don't know if we have any official sources, but it looks like a it looks like a new uh, sailor model. It's it's not just another profit or pro gear base, but it's actually the shape is different. It's something all new. Oh, wow. Yeah, and it has a king of pen size nib, and it's a black iron plated yes. king of pen size nib, which I think they've never done before. Mm. And it has this very sort of colorful acrylic. Yes, which should... and that's rare too because yeah. all of their pens are injection molded, yes. and this is hand pen acrylic. Yes, there's a lot of lot of new things going on here. It's a bold move for for sailor. Yeah, it's definitely a bold move for Sailor, um, but they kept it as a cartridge um, filled pen. Now, we were. I was expecting that. <laughs> we were speaking about price increases, but mm. I mean, this pen, mm. yeah, it's expensive. Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> it's more than $1,000. I was excited until I saw the price, and then I'm not so excited. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's 110,000 Japanese yen. Yeah. And I think there's several reasons this could be. Obviously, like black iron plating could be very expensive. Um, the huge nib, yes. But also, I think the main um, factor in the price is that it's hand turned acrylic, because injection molding really lowers the cost. Whereas if they're making, you know, acrylic pens, for them it's something completely new. They might not have. They might have to have new like tooling and machining for this. What do you guys think? Well, first of all, I am really happy that Sailor that they do this. Right? Yeah. I I I'm so glad to see that they're trying for something new, an all new model. Um, there's a lot of uh, good things going on here. My problem with it is that I don't associate colorful acrylics with high-end pens. To me, that is like pen BBS or entry-level custom pens. Right. Right. To me, yeah, like hundred dollar pens. Yeah, exactly. So to me, a, a high end pens has, has like Urushi or wooden or like celluloid or whatever magic the classic pens LB5, you know, diffusion bond or whatever. <laughs> that is sort of the finish on a high end pen, or even like yeah. metal like that Mont Blanc. I can never I remember the name on the, the metal Mont Blanc pen. The Martelet. Yes. Yeah. So it doesn't to me look 
like a high-end pen, and yet it's more expensive than the Pilot Custom Urushi. It's more expensive than the Sailor Urushis. It's more expensive than Pilot Machia, no? Yeah, I mean, it's around the same ballpark. Yeah. So, and uh, it may well be that uh, this is actually what people like, and that I'm getting old and out of touch with the market. <laughs> um, but it doesn't look that that like high end. That's my problem. Yeah. Um, and my other concern is what this says about their profitability. It can't be profitable to make a new model. Right, because when you make a new model, there's, there's significant investment in terms of research and development, and you know to get this pen to profitability would probably take at least a few years. Um, Consider it's so expensive because they need to make the pens. Maybe they've got a margin of I don't know, forty to fifty percent. Sounds fair. Mm. Forty to fifty percent um, profit margin. They would need to sell. You know, two years on a fifty percent sell-through model to be profitable for one batch. Anyways, I mean, this model. Uh, one of the things is that it doesn't look like a sailor either, right? It looks like, as you said earlier, for me, the green one looks like uh, my my Twisby Aurora. I was pretty excited, but. That's but one thing about this, these acrylic models with a lot of chatoyance is it can be hard to tell from a photo, right? Yeah. So maybe you see it in person and you rotate the pen and it's going to look fantastic. That's true. But then, you know, there's just so many like smaller companies that are just making pens. Yeah. That are, you with know, better acrylics. You with yellow nymph holders yeah. that are making just fantastic acrylics. Yeah. And they're going to be competing with those guys. And those guys sell their pens for $150. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, granted, it's a steel nib, but still. I'm excited that they're trying new stuff. I think this is not the stuff they needed to try. Well, it's it's a new stuff that I'm not included in. That's why yeah. I'm not as excited because that's just something that's not right now. Not enough future for me. <laughs> I'm so happy that they're doing that. Yeah. I of hope course, it does yeah. well. Yeah. All right. Going on along that, you have an update for us, Jacob. Well, it's sort of a minor one, but I, I saw that Sailor released their their latest quarterly report, and I just skimmed through it a bit quick quickly. Um, so first of all, their 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 sales are their their stationary sales are down like 50, 14 or fifty percent year over year, so they're still not doing well. Um, and the robotics division has such a small profit now that it doesn't make up for that. So the firm as a whole is losing money right now. And um, just what I like to hear. <laughs> and also, we, we see that the the CB has not been exercised yet because it's still sitting there on, on their balance sheet as the fixed liabilities. We know that has not happened yet. Uh, when they explain the reason for you know the, the the results, it's not just Corona, but they also specifically mention um, the increased gold prices as one of one of the mm. difficult factors right now. At the same time, they're saying that sales are down for everything except Kimpen, except gold nib pens, which seemed uh, inconsistent. But yeah, they say that. The gold price going up is a problem, but yes, the gold nibs pens are actually what, what's still selling. I think that's a, 
I didn't read this report, but I think that's in line with what I imagined for Salem because their steel pens are not that good. But but yet they're still they're saying so. There's one section where they talk about you know their focus areas from now on, and one of their focus areas is specifically steel nib pens. Oh really? And that's what I think exactly the direction they should not go in because steel nib pens are dominated by pilot and platinum. I mean, they've got this huge monopoly. You can try to break in there, but I mean, why? Mm. Because people love the pro gears. People love like these colorful stuff. They're, they have something that they're really good at doing. But if they anticipate that gold prices are continuing to go up, then there might be a, a, a big problem for them, right? And maybe they need an alternative. Like they, we know they're selling steel pens in Japan. You know, the pro color, you rarely ever see the, the pro color. The only steel knit pen that you sometimes see is Fudidemanne, because the, some of the, the Inkunuma people like yeah. Fudidemanne. Other than that... Prophet Junior, maybe. There's also that, there's a, a calligraphy version of High Ace Neo. Uh, I have no idea what that is. The, 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 the very slim one, the, the entry-level one. Hmm. Um, but yeah, you don't see a lot of steel knit sellers. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Uh, obviously, they know their business more than I do. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Mm. Um, I can't say I'm too hyped about that new direction, but uh, but let's see. Okay, um, finally, uh, we've got just some more quick topics. Kobe Ink Show is this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. We're not going, so we don't know. Did you call it Kobe Ink Show? Kobe Pensho. Did I call it? Kobe Pensho. Kobe Pensho's the secret Inkanuma. <laughs> yeah, so Kobe Pensho this weekend. Uh, none of us are going. But based on the photos we've seen on Instagram, I it's think basically Kobe Pensho is probably more accurate. Yeah. yeah. And um, the Pono limbs, you know, we hate to talk about them, but we love to talk about them at the same time. Uh, they're coming up with a lot of different new inks and honestly it's just a waste of time to list them out because there's we came up with like 20 inks yesterday and um five of them in particular are an interesting concept uh from what i i understand it's like uh, they are five time of the day and each ink was made in collaboration with one um let's say a glass artist or, or or vendor or vendor, yeah, and they seem like uh, really um, nice uh, uh, sunset shading with three or four type of glittering inside them. And yeah, we're really curious to see if they will release them after the show, like uh, at least in online or inside Japan. Because, yeah, it seems like a new level of uh, glittering, shimmering, <laughs> shading ink. And uh, yeah, they they yeah they are, they they seems really um, magical, like a unicorn. Yeah, um, I I do particularly like the Lictop one, which I think is the star. Yeah. Everybody's talking about that one. Yeah, the five PM. Yeah, I, I do like that one. It's it does look really really nice. I won't be getting it because I'm on a Donald Lynch boycott right now. I think they should not release. Um, like it, it's just too much, too saturated. Um, but definitely, you know, you can't fault them for doing interesting things. Yeah. But yeah, I, um, I'm 
without having to like shovel out all the bottles of tunnel rims I've got. Yeah. But so one problem I have is that when you like you see someone talk, like you read somewhere someone is doing a review about the ink or, or somewhere and you want to get that ink, some usually or in many cases that ink doesn't exist anymore. So for example, Alessa, you did uh, you mentioned the pigmented inks, uh, the fixation line. Mm -hmm. I went on Amazon, couldn't find them anymore. But you can get them from the from the shop. From the commodity, yeah. 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 They do exist because they, it's still on the, the line list. Right, but, but I remember seeing all of them on Amazon right, at one point, right. and, and they, they were gone now. I think there's I think there's so much rotation now that, I mean, the inks, I mean if, if you compare with something like, you know, Pilots, like Yamabudo, or like yeah, Eternal Blue, or whatever, you don't you don't have these sort of inks, inks that, that, you, that, you, that stays from one year to another, right? It's, right, it's, it's right. Just, it's, yeah. it's like the, the, the soft drinks you buy in a convenience store. There's a new one every month. Yeah, yeah. Like a new teas or something. Yeah. yeah. I think it's, it's how they play on it. Like yeah. they release, like there's, a, there's this um, original line from Tono and Nim, and then all this collaboration who has kind of very short batches. Mm. And what they do is like every week, like every three days, you have new inks, new inks, new inks. Mm. So you have to be either really fast and really following them if mm. you really want to, I don't know, collect them. <laughs> Oh God, no! <laughs> but their basic line is really boring. I don't know. Yeah. Have you seen their basic yeah, line? It's yeah, super the, I don't yeah. know why they keep that in stock. I don't know. Really I actually cool. like their um the basic line with the Tokyo. I think that's a really nice blue. Yeah. Um, and I like their their Kyoto, and I think I got the uh, Yamanashi as well. Yeah. Oh, Yamanashi is the blue one. Yeah. But I think you're right, though. They just have like they make a bunch, and then I think they put a lot of their like. And they have a lot of stock of something, mm. they put it on Amazon. Yeah. Mm. But the stores get, I think, first choice. Mm. And yeah. then if they got leftovers, they stick it. Their, their Amazon list is very, very spotty. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and then you also mentioned to us uh, before the show, new Lennon toolbar bottles. Yeah. Yeah, and leave it so, to Clay, man. She knows. <laughs> <laughs> like, I had to, to say hello to two friends who... who uh, who really love inks, and um, we always try try to find new bottles, new shapes, and so there is the Camille uh, Vamika, uh, who is a Swiss illustrator, who is one of my uh, I think best uh, buyer in Switzerland. <laughs> uh, she she uses all the inks to do very nice illustration and uh, and uh, art um, like art drawings, paintings. So you have to check her accounts really nice. And uh, she 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 fell in love with Lennon Toolbar because I sent her a bottle of the water blue, you know, this really light blue that she uses in her paintings a lot. And then she found that this, uh, this then they released this new um, bottle shape, kind of a fatty, brutal, say, brutalist diamond. And um, Jane Campbell, who who is a um, very uh, Active Instagrammer in wax seal and in uh, nib uh, grinding, testing inks and stuff. And she she always looking for new bottle shape. So hello to both of them. And um, yeah, the the color seems really nice, really pigmented. I guess from from what mm. you can see on the picture, there's no there's no uh, samples yet. But I they guess they look like pigment inks. Yeah, they look the orange is yeah. very pigmented. That's really interesting. 
because I, I have two of their pigmented inks, you know, the atmospheric series, and they are absolutely fantastic. Some of my favorite pigmented inks. So I, I may have to order some of these from uh, Just Spirit. Yeah, I think we will make a group order because the, yeah. both the shape and the color seems really nice. Even the packaging of the box yeah. seems really. Uh, beautiful. The shape kind of reminds me of like um, nail polish. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Um, yeah. I think really the next stationary mecca is probably Taiwan. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Maybe Japan has. Uh, it's almost. I don't want to say run its course, but I feel like a lot of stuff that people are doing are like. Repetition, even tonal limbs is repeating what they've done before. They're, they're Korean, though, right? They're, they're kind of like a Korean Japanese collaboration. I, I think it's a collaboration between Okamotoya and Colorverse. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, Taiwan—they're doing stuff that's like n nobody's really doing, even in their packaging. I feel like it's very Japanese inspired, but also very like unique locally. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're going to keep an eye out yeah, on that, that. That's actually, when you're saying Taiwan, that's probably the next, what I'm waiting for to go to once the pandemic's over. Oh, the the Tainan Pension. Yeah, the Tainan yes. Pension. That is so, you know, stop off at Taipei, go to yes. all the stationary stores there and then go on. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Even in, in the, if you take it larger in the stationary field, Taiwanese uh, artists like Rubber Stamp, Wax Seal, mm -hmm. They are really, really good. Mm. Esli, the yeah. really exactly. nice stationery yeah. store. Chamil Garden, yeah. uh, Lin Channing, they are so, so good. All right, and then uh, do we want to talk about AliExpress? I think I added because I saw, uh, I saw someone posting on Instagram. I thought it was the Mont Blanc M, but then as we talked last time to, I don't know, maybe to post, because we, we had this. Uh, yeah, the F9, there. yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, the one with the snake right, copy, right. and I just saw the copy the Mont Blanc M, but it's like identical. Is it also by Moonman? No, I I don't think so. I I, felt, I cannot find the post anymore, but I have to check away. But it's it's like an identical Mont Blanc M by AliExpress. <laughs> there's, there's they even have the, the they even have the device, you know the oh, really? the print uh, <laughs> this one on that, the that, that's too close. <laughs> Someone's like, what? <laughs> There's also a, a Lamy Dialogue clone all over AliExpress, but I can't tell what the brand name is because the problem, as we talked about before with AliExpress, is that it's just it's they don't have brands. Like a keyword suit, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So I don't know who makes it, but, uh, but that seems to be a new model. Yeah. All right. Um, so I think that closes up the show for today. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Mori is uh, at uh, Kobe Pen Show today, so we'll, we hope that he's able to sell more pens than he was able to at Tokyo International Pen Show. Um, but, you know, we'll come back with some more more dashing in two weeks. As <laughs> always. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, so thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, I said it earlier in the show, but I'll say it again. Thank you, thank you, everybody. Uh, the show is free, and you can contribute to us by writing a review, uh, giving us some comments, telling your friends, telling your family members, uh, telling uh, a workplace friend. You know, during the pandemic, I think we're all spending a lot of time at home. And uh, let us talk uh, to you about stationery um, during this difficult time and, you know, help you forget about some stresses in life. 
And if we're able to do that, then I think all of us are very happy. So with that said, uh, my name is CY. You can find me on my website at tokyostationpens.com, on Instagram at tokyostationpens, and on Twitter at tokyostationmnh. And my name is Jacob. I'm Foodafan on Instagram and on Twitter. I have a blog at foodafan.com. Thanks for having me again. My name is Kree, and you can find me on Instagram at miraikat. And thanks for having me too. I'm Elisa, and I'm Inky Rocks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.